You're listening to the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, the place where you as a dad will gain more tools for your fathering toolbox and where moms and daughters are also invited to listen into the conversation. Now, here is your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Hello and welcome to the Dad Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. I welcome you here today to the conversation, dads, especially if you're a dad who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox. Well, you know the grid I use every week, which is on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic and the theme. Get set is I'm going to fill that in with stories and stats. And go is always your practical action step so that you can put your love for your daughters and your sons into action this week. Today on the program, I have a guest host joining me by the name of Brad Pello. You will love hearing his heart today as a leader, as a dad, as a granddad. He's also the president and executive producer of a series that you may or may not have ever heard of called The Chosen. I'm sure you've seen the series, the one that shows the life of Jesus in living color where it comes alive on the screen. And you're not alone because this global hit is now close to reaching a billion people. And Brad's leadership has been a key part of propelling the series to prominence. Brad has also served as the CEO of several media companies, including Radiant, Say, Bookcraft, and Picture Rock. He has produced three feature films and was the co-founder of Ancestry.com. He and his wife, Melody, are the parents of, listen to this, 12 children, five of them are daughters, and a growing number of grandchildren. They're up to 19 already. Well, welcome, Brad Pello. Thank you so much, Michelle. So grateful for what you're doing, speaking to fathers about fathering their daughters. What a beautiful thing. Thank you. Well, on your mark today, we're calling this what it looks like to champion your daughter. And I want you all to hear why I came up with that title. And it's because as I was interacting with people about Brad before this interview, what they told me is this is a man who champions women. And so I want him to share from his heart, not only to encourage you as dads and coach you, but also to encourage you women who maybe don't have a dad in your corner cheering you on and championing you. And Brad can step in. How does that sound? Well, I'll do my best. Okay. Thank you. Well, for Get Set, here we go. Well, I wanted to just start by asking you a totally random question that I have been wondering, where did the name The Chosen come from? That's a really good question. Well, The Chosen means lots of things, right? Yes. Jesus himself is choosing his disciples and followers. They're being invited. Now, whether they follow or not is up to them. They're also part of the Jewish tribe or the followers of Judaism, which, as we know, the children of Israel were the chosen ones as yes. well, right? And really, the show is an invitation to all of us, no matter our backgrounds in faith or culture, is to consider the Savior's invitation to come unto him and to be chosen. He wants all of us to be part of his family. Oh, I love that. You know, I, I've been a mental health clinician in private practice for 27 years, so I'm in the trenches with people. And what I often say, especially with those that have trauma, 
is there's two things that I'm all about because I believe Jesus is about it. And you just alluded to it, actually, Brad, which is choice and voice, right? Jesus is like, what do you want me to do for you? And he, and he gives us a choice and a voice. And so I, I did not anticipate what you would say. I wasn't trying to fill in the blank of where that name came from, but now I totally get it. So I know that doesn't have anything to do with the interview, but in a way it does because you said he's choosing us to be part of his family. That's, and that's right. really what this is about, isn't it? That's right. And identity is so important. And and the question of what is our identity and what Christ is inviting us into is an identity associated with him. And so even for those of us that have broken relationships with our fathers, or maybe we have a great father, but when we identify with the source of light and truth and redemption, then we have permission. Then, the, then our choices actually can be fulfilling because they're being empowered and given power by the creator of the world. We can be his children. Right, right. What an invitation. What an honor. Oh, I love that you're just underscoring that here. Well, like I said, I've heard that you champion women. That's why I came up with this title today. So I would just love to begin by hearing about your daughters, your relationships with them, and how you've championed them. Well, thank you for asking, Michelle. I have to actually start with my sister's. Okay. I have eight sisters. Come on. Are you kidding me? And, and while there is another brother in the family, he was the baby. And, but I, so I was raised really as the only boy in a family with eight sisters. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so let's say I was especially equipped as I entered marriage to deal with women. <laughs> that, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. And then God was good enough to provide me five beautiful daughters. All married now? They are all married now now but one we have a 16 year old our caboose that's still at home with us but the other four all married and bringing us beautiful grandchildren so you know my relationship with my daughters is is really beautiful I would say that as a young father I probably didn't differentiate very well between the nurture and raising of my daughters versus my sons particularly for a young father it's 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 much easier to play with your little boys and you don't really know how to approach those sweet tender things yeah don't want to break them right 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 but as as they grew into adolescence and then their teen years it was much easier for me to see the power of women and in in the case of my little family it really was born of their gifts gifts that i think they brought from heaven you know it wasn't the kind of thing that i taught them i have a daughter who just this last week graduated from a school in England where she's an opera singer and like oh my goodness I didn't ever expose her to <laughs> classical music of any sort and here she is now singing opera in London England wow and another daughter who is a songwriter my 16 year old and and on Sunday she this last Sunday two days ago she learned about a competition a music competition on Sunday morning and by Sunday evening, she was uploading a song and just rejoicing in the fact that God has given her a voice to so much of what's in her heart. And I love the fact that my daughters, yeah. and across the spectrum, I mean, I, I my oldest daughter is just an amazing mother and has some children with special needs. And I watch how she nurtures those precious little children of her own. And again, I think... My role as a father is to encourage and nurture her. There's absolutely nothing in my makeup that could do her job. 
and I don't mean that pejoratively. It isn't that I'm not a woman. It's that literally the gifts that she's been given to lead and to love those children with special needs are not my giftings, but they're hers. So how does a father support her in that? You know, Brad, the research underscores everything you just said is that when a daughter feels a connection to her dad, and I can feel, I mean, I'm moved emotionally just hearing you talk. And as I look in your eyes to see your face smile as you talk about the different giftings of your daughters, and that you're not even differentiating between motherhood and other creative artistic gifts or, right, career callings, right? It's all it's all beautiful, every gifting and calling, right? Absolutely. In their own way. But the research shows daughters who feel connected to their dads, in essence, stand out among the crowd. Every area of their life is better from greater self-esteem, more confidence, less depression, healthier body weight and less body dissatisfaction and more pro-social empathy and on it goes. And when you talk about what it sure sounds like is confidence, your, your daughters have confidence. What about the other two? What do they do? So the other daughters, one is a remarkable woman who I just spent a week with. Her first child was born prematurely at just 23 weeks. This boy spent six months in ICU and now she deals with the challenges of a young child who will be developmentally delayed. Yes. She's a daughter who intellectually, she and I are very connected, very much alike. And so spending the last week with her was all about going on walks together, learning about her role as a mother now and what's sort of engaging her, her needs, being just empathetic, being a listener. And I think her relationship is really more about just being there, being available. She said to me, Dad, I feel closer to you than I do mom. And she didn't mean that as a diss to her mom. She just said, there's strength in our relationship because I know you're always there listening. And when I think about that, I take that as a compliment first. But where do I learn to listen? I learn to listen from my godly father. My prayers to him are answered, sometimes just in the comfort of being able to speak to him. And so to be available, just available for my children so that they know they are heard. Come on. I may not have the answers, right? Yes. Right? Yeah, it's so interesting that you underscore the heard part and the listening part because when I wrote the book, Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters, my husband said you really could have called it Let's Talk and Listen. Mm, Yes. It's less about talking, right? Two ears, one mouth. Yep. And it's really listening. Now, For those that are listening to us and listening to you, I would imagine most of us wouldn't connect championing a daughter with listening to a daughter. How do you see those interacting? So I think of the father's role as being a multiplying role. A multiplying role. A a multiplying role. Think think of yourself as a multiplier. Okay. would be a better word. So I think it's easy for men to see themselves as protectors. And guardians, particularly of women, because they might see them as weaker, physically speaking. But I think in that, what we miss is that in our strength, we have the opportunity to multiply the giftings of the women in our lives. And so even with my my wife, multiplying her means really kind of being aware of what not only her needs are, and you might think, oh, I can help fulfill those, but really know what is her need in giving back, in giving to the world, in magnifying her roles, and how can I support that? So that really became 
my formula with my daughters. It took me a while. I wouldn't say I was, I came into marriage with it in mind, but I got to practice a lot over 12 children. Yes, so, you did. <laughs> so as the time I got to the later kids, I realized, no, no, no. As I listen, what I can do is I can lift them up. And what does lift them up look like? It looks like following up, you know, asking them, how did it go? How are you feeling about that project? Um, what, what sort of insecurities might I be aware of that I could sort of pray for? What are those needs? Lifting them up also can sometimes mean holding up their light and just celebrating. You know, when you go to the performance of a daughter and you don't particularly have an ear for opera. <laughs> just hypothetically uh, speaking. Hypothetically speaking, <laughs> you know, I really just rejoice. I hold my daughter up and just rejoice that she's out there giving herself, right? And so lifting her up is being proud of her. Uh, and, uh, yes, it can look like bragging, but it really is not bragging so much as it's celebrating, yeah. right? Yeah. So I look for those opportunities to multiply. And I think my daughters so cherish the fact that I listen, I notice, and then I celebrate. Yeah. Then how do you, Brad, handle criticism when you need to correct or criticize and address something over here? Because I think that's sometimes where dads get a, a little caught in the, you know, the quagmire of the challenge and challenges of relationships, right? It's like, well, she loves it when I celebrate her, but maybe they come down too hard or too intense, and then it, it really has a negative impact. Right. Well, the, uh, so criticism is, can be handled in two ways. One is a judgment, and the other one is counsel and coaching. And I think the spirit in which it's, it is delivered makes all the difference. So my boys are all basketball players, even college-level basketball players. And I look at the coaching that they get and sort of when it is that they're performing at their best with coach feedback and when they're, when they're not. And when they're performing at their best, it's because their coaches have confidence in them and their coaching is to encourage them, right? Mm -hmm. Encourage, yes, we use the word correction, encourage through correction, but it's encouragement. And so criticism, I actually don't use that word because I look at it as feedback, Here's something that. that you can consider as you make these choices in your life, as you learn to apply your free will. This is something to consider. Okay, so I'm going to press in just a little bit and ask, because uh, I'm just recalling a conversation I had with a friend of mine a week ago who also was a basketball player. And he said at every game, my dad would come with a clipboard and he would take notes on everything I, I got the sense it was more that I did wrong, mm -hmm. what I missed, mm -hmm. what my, my numbers were, and we would sit down and go over them. Yeah. And I, he said, I didn't get a lot of positive encouragement. I got more the correction. Yeah. What would you say to those dads that say, I didn't have a role model in how to handle feedback right. in a positive way sure. that doesn't tear down the core, kind of shredding his daughter? What do you say to that dad? Yeah. Well, the... The empowering role of a father in a woman's life is when they feel loved and accepted regardless of who they are, where they're... And their and, performance. And their performance, yeah. exactly. And so and when you empower your daughters by just saying, you are who you are and I love you the way you are, you're beautiful, you're capable, 
And yes, there are challenges in your life. You're not, you don't have all the answers right now. You don't have all the capacity you want right now, but I love you regardless. When we lead with that love, with yes, that acceptance, with love. then the child is not only listening to correction, we'll use the word, but they're also yearning for it. Because a girl, uh, particularly our daughters, not girls in general, I'll think of my daughter relationships, they see me as their protector and counselor. And if I lead with love, it's not that I'm sort of pushing them out of the circle. I'm I'm welcoming them into it. And I'm saying, this is a place of safety. Let's learn in this space. So I would say it was actually much easier for me to do that with my daughters than my sons because my sons, frankly, were just a little more rough and tumble. We tend to trash talk each other, and sometimes it's difficult to transition from the trash talk to the correction without it being hurtful. But with, with my daughters, it was much easier. Number one, they don't trash talk me. And, and number two, their gentle natures invite gentleness. And we, we really, as men, need to understand that we're You're being so invited right. into an attribute yes. that we don't cherish ourselves very well. We don't, we're not very open-hearted as men. And so it's, we're learning from our daughters yes. how to do that. And in a way, as you talk about that, it, it, to me, it, it kind of underscores the fact that your daughters are giving you a gift in helping. I, I call it open up a valve to your heart that you might not have had opened if you yes. didn't have daughters. Yes. And you're saying that. She's teaching me to be more gentle. You know, those kinds of things. And I think if you're a dad listening that says, okay, I, I'm i not so good at knowing how to do what you've just talked about, Brad. I would say dads, especially as your daughters get older, one of the things that I've found is really helpful is to ask your daughter, let's say you're there at the game and you're keeping stats on where she could have done better. Don't lead with that. Brad said, lead with love first. First, give the compliments, the affirmations. And then I would encourage you to ask her questions. How did you feel you did? Where did you, you know, feel you could have done better? And maybe start with her owning it and talking about it and putting it out there. Then you could comment. How do you think that would go, Brad? Yeah, I think of it as a, a deposits and withdrawals. We, we, as long as we're depositing in our relationships this notion of I love you first and I love you always and then they see that in our actions not just our words then there's safety in being able to say I'm going to take a risk here and I'm going to I'm going to talk to you about maybe better hygiene wouldn't that be a sensitive topic for a for a daughter right and I've had those conversations with my daughters right not from the perspective of saying you're not lovely but from the perspective of saying there's some self-care habits that might be really helpful as you consider being just out among your friends. And how did you not defer to your wife on that conversation? Well, you know, I did, to be but perfectly honest. But I love honest. that you, that you I, went there. And, and it was my wife who came to me and said, could you reinforce this? Okay. Right? So I, I do let mom start those kinds of conversations. But the fact that you got in there is so powerful and yeah. you did it in a non-condescending way. Oh, yes. And that's, Dad, you heard Brad talk about tone of voice. And I love that at the beginning you talked about identity. And fathers really do endow their children with a sense of identity, often sharing the same last name, right? This is who I am. And that, dads, it's so important that you let your daughters know that their who is not their do. 
what they do may reflect who they are. But when you lead with love and your daughters know they're secure and safe, I've, I've picked out some of those words, Brad, that you've just said off, off your tongue. I want to ask you one more question before the break. And then when we come back, we're, I want to hear about how you've really integrated that mindset of championing women into your work professionally. But I've loved this foundation of your home. Okay, your fifth daughter. Tell my, us about my her. My fifth da- daughter is the intellectual. Okay. She's the, she has uh, come to love literature, the classics, and uh, philosophy. And she was one growing up was into gymnastics and kind of the performance-based arts, unlike her sisters, not so much, who are now performing. But now as a, as a young mother of three daughters herself, and she homeschools them, I found her just falling in love with classical literature and the learnings from the past, which I've just not taken time to enjoy in my own life. And so when we're together, we're spending time talking about what she's learning. And she's asking me, what are you learning, Dad? What are you reading right now? That's cool. And so most of our conversations are around what we're learning together. She's my barber when I'm in town with her. And, and it's always fun to have a conversation over the haircut and share kind of what we're learning with each other. But she's just an amazing woman who, I look at her daughters and look at the giftings she's giving to them. And my multiplier here is to really see the fruits, which one day you men will be able to see, which is your daughter's blessing your grandchildren. Yes, yes, and yes. And then you see, oh, it's so worth you know, investing in these relationships with our daughters because they will, many of them, become mothers. Yes, yes. Then the real gifting begins. Oh, come on, come on. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'll continue this conversation with Brad Pella. We'll be right back. Are you a dad who has ever desired a deeper connection with your daughter but haven't known how to go about it? Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters is the very resource you need. Dr. Michelle wrote it with you dads in mind. This book will support you with scripted questions, equip you to decode your daughter, and inspire you with stories of other dads and daughters. Don't wait any longer to be the hero you want to be and that your daughter needs you to be. So, to let the talking begin, Head on over to drmichellewatson.com forward slash books and order your copy today. This book will become a favorite in your fathering toolbox and will give you the answers you've been looking for. That's drmichellewatson.com forward slash books. Now, back to the Dad Whisperer podcast. Welcome back. Today I'm talking with Brad Pello, president and executive producer of The Chosen, and I'm loving this conversation so much about how he champions the women in his home. You had eight sisters. You saw your dad championing them, I'm guessing. Yes, very much. You learned from the best, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Okay, now let's segue into how you, I guess I could ask this question so many different ways, how you wear a different hat at work than you do at home. But it sounds to me, Brad, if I'm if I'm picking up on what you're laying down, is that you don't really shift from home to work. You don't say I championing I champion the women in my family at home, but then at work it's different. Or you know, it is is that am I picking that up right that there's 
fluidity between both those places. There is. And, and I would say for most men, it's probably easier in the reverse. It's easier to be a professional in the workplace and recognize other women in the workplace as peers. But when you go home, you know, you're the, you're the big tough dad managing the family and I managing with a capital M, which is not necessarily the kind of relationship you want with daughters. You would never do that at work, right? So I, I would say that for me, because I had my adult female model, of course, was my mother. She was a homemaker. She had a large family, but she always wanted to work outside the home. And by that, she always had side projects. Just she was ambitious in that way, but she didn't have the capacity to do it. So as I began to encounter women in the workplace, I saw these women who had been able to take the giftings. My own mother had struggled to like provide to the world and wasn't able to do so. She prioritized her most important things, which were her children, and now watched women in the workplace. I work with just beautiful, wonderful, capable women at The Chosen right now. And, and as I watch them kind of bring balance to being a mother, being with their children when they're home, being available to those children, but then performing well in the workplace, I think that's heroic work. That's, we need women at our side doing the work that we're doing in the world. And, and we need a healthy patterning of that, particularly Christian women. So back to what that looks like in, at The Chosen. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll use that I example. So we are mostly a male-dominated organization just by virtue of being a production-oriented company. In this particular trade, most of the folks in it are men. But in our case, the women play such an important role around giving voice to what we're doing. And I think a dominant, we'll call it a dominant gifting that women have, is the ability to communicate in ways that men are not so good at, particularly in in the soft subjects. The messages of the chosen are essentially soft subjects. They're relational. We're being introduced to a Jesus who wants a relationship with the other characters, right? Absolutely. And, and so the women in our organization are so gifted in giving us voice to that. They don't write the scripts for the show. It's actually three men who do that. But isn't it beautiful, for those of you familiar with The Chosen, how women have been incorporated into the story and been given their place, as they rightly did. Jesus was a revolutionary when it came to females in society. You're right. Right? First- Women, right? First, after the resurrection, the first ones he tells is the women and says, go tell the men. That's right. He entrusted them with the most important message of his life, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and you know, it was the women who anointed him for his crucifixion. Yes. It was the women. And, and I think this is actually pretty common. At least it is in my marriage. You know, it's my wife who first sees and hears the voice of God, who first, you know, responds to the signal. And sort of bumps me with the elbow and says, did you feel that, right? So she's coaching me. And that's the beautiful part of our marriage. And I also think that in the, in the workplace with, with the women I'm working with right now, I'm so blessed to kind of feel that same power, the power of a woman to give voice to the things we're creating. And are the women that you're speaking of the actresses, the actors that you're mostly referring to, or even behind the scenes? Mostly behind the scenes. So on staff. On right? staff. So these uh-huh. are women that are helping us create the content, that are 
that are, that are doing a lot of our marketing work, mm-hmm. that are just sort of magnifying what we're doing. Yes. The actresses are beautiful women in and of themselves. Yes. You see that on screen, yes. both physically in terms of the spirit that they bring to their portrayals, but they're memorizing lines. So it isn't quite as dynamic yes. as I get in the workplace. Right. What I have so loved, too, is just even thinking of the storyline is how many women enhanced the way that you have allowed there to be freedom for, you know, like after Jesus feeds the 5,000 and it's his mom that is attending to him. You know, I've never thought of that. I've never thought about even where they went in between cities, things that have made the Bible come alive. But the way women have been, I I would say, enhanced in the story, you know, granted, it may not be a chapter and a verse that says that. But I just want to thank you, Brad, for being at the helm of telling the story of Jesus that honors women because we know he does. We're created in his image, God's image. So why would we be marginalized? And so dads that that are being invited today to champion their daughters in new ways, I just would love to ask you before we wrap up, Brad, is if dads listening today, again, are struggling to do that, maybe they've they've been in a, in a divorce situation where they're being trash-talked by mom and not allowed to have contact. I hear that. So I would pray, say probably 75% of the emails that I get from dads across the country are because of estrangement. A lot of times because of divorce. And they're like, I want to champion my daughter, but I can't even get to her. What would you say to that, Dad? How can he do that from afar? Yeah, I, I think it actually starts in that dad's heart. You know, he might have yearnings for it. He might see even the mistakes that he's made in the past in parenting that daughter. But it really starts as he turns his heart to God and he trusts that God is the master parent. He knows how to parent that daughter, even in complex situations like divorce and shared custody. And so I would invite men, I've invited myself to sort of be open-hearted to the fact that I can't do it completely. I can't provide for my daughter's needs, even my wife's needs, let alone my own needs, without opening up my heart and humbly asking God to speak into me. Help me to see my own needs. Maybe I'm someone who's struggling with addictive behavior. Maybe that's what caused the divorce. So just sort of leaning into my daughter relationship, while important, I might need some healing and self-care in my own life. There may be some brokenness that I need to address. Oh, that's so good. I, I, I think for men, it's, it's easy to be about the doing, right? The tasking of something, but that isn't how relationships are healed. You're so right. So, You're start, so right. start with your own heart and it'll lead you into the hearts of those around you. Oh, I love it. Okay, I've got one final question because... Got to hit the go step here. Brad's given you men lots of ideas through this to really engage your daughter's heart. If you were to give dads listening one practical thing, an action step they could do today to champion their daughter, what would you tell that dad to do? You really have alluded to a lot of things, but I'm going to give you one, one final one word. One thing to do? Yes. So one thing I did fairly consistently with my daughters and my sons was that I set aside time. My, my criteria was I at least had to do it once a month where it was just the two of us and it was in prayer and conversation. So it wasn't just let's go out for a milkshake. It was I want to pray for you 
just one-on-one. With her hearing you. With her hearing me. Oh, my goodness. And my prayer was for her. And it was it was at the end of a conversation. So we started with conversation. We started with me showing interest. How's school going? How's the thing with the boyfriend? You know, and we're talking. And then before we depart, separate, I say, can I pray for you? For the things she just for brought up. For the things that she just brought oh, up. I love that. And so I offer a prayer yes. in her presence. Yes. So I, I started that when my children were very young. And what's beautiful about it is my children kind of know, oh, that's we're having that conversation, yeah, yeah. Dad, right? Oh, that's so good. But they have permission in that moment, while they may not be as open to me the rest of the week, they know in that moment, it's like, oh, this is our time. Oh, and so they're much so more open. Oh, I love it. That is so practical. Well, today on Your Mark has been what it looks like to champion your daughter. I've been here with my new friend, Brad Pello, who's given so many powerful insights throughout this conversation so that you dads can champion your daughters. Lots of action steps that you can put into motion this week. So this wraps up another week's program. It's been great to be here with you all. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you to make today where you intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's hearts. Go dads. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Dad Whisperer podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. We trust you've been encouraged by today's program where you've been equipped with practical action steps to strengthen your relationships. Dr. Michelle loves hearing from you, so why not write her at drmichelle at thedadwhisperer.com. As always, you can listen to the Dad Whisperer podcast anytime on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Give a listen, subscribe, and leave us a review. For free resources or to invite Dr. Michelle to speak at your next event, go to drmichellewatson.com for more information. That's drmichellewatson.com. Thanks for being with us today, and we look forward to you joining us again on the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield.